This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle, and I am so pleased to be talking rugby on this show. And we have two of the best. They're part of Rugby New York, New York's first and only professional rugby team. Joining us is halfback Andy Ellis, who really, if you follow rugby, needs no introduction because he has had so much success. And the captain of Rugby New York, Nate Brinkley. Nate and Andy, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thanks for having us it's on. Great it's to great to be here, mate. It's so exciting, this sport, that it has caught the imagination of America, finally, right? And the fact that this is the fifth season of Major League Rugby. It took a while, though, right? It took a while before this sport really captured the imagination to have teams here. People love have always loved to watch rugby on television. You know, it's it's... It's so fun to watch. And of course, American football is, you know, is crazy here. But rugby has caught on to a point where we've had a league now in the fifth season. Let's start with you, Andy. Why do you think it has taken so long for rugby to become so popular? Um, you know, I think sometimes these things do just take time. It's, you know, just slowly starting to set up some foundations and um, and club and feel. I know um, American people have... Um, they really love sport and they really love entertainment. And the thing I've learned here also is they're really tribal. So once they actually understand that they've, they've got a team there to, to get them behind, then it's all in. And I think it's still early days, right? Um, still a lot of um, American or, or New York, New Jersey people are understanding about the game and, and are interested and wanting to learn more. And, and hence, you know, the lot of questions building up and a lot more people wanting to come and watch the games and get them behind it. So it's a really exciting time for rugby um, in America and great, and great to be part of it. Andy, is it fair to say that as a halfback, the rugby equivalent of quarterback, you're, you've been pretty much the Tom Brady of this sport? <laughs> well, I mean, our ages are similar, but um, <laughs> no, um, I don't know if it's fair to, to um, say the equivalent of Tom Brady, but um you know, I've been really fortunate um, to have grown up playing rugby in New Zealand and, and um, played for some great teams there and then spent time in Japan playing for some really a, a great team there as well. So um, I consider myself really fortunate, um, my, my journey in rugby and the people and experiences I've had. And now to come to New York and and, and be part of this here, it's um, it's incredible. I'm really loving it. I'm really loving the challenge and, and, and the boys too. But, yeah, you're right, the, the comparison to... Um, to American football, the big boys sort of look after me out on, out on the field as well. And there's one of them sitting next to me here. Make sure I'm all right. Ellis, though, may not play it safe. Andy Ellis winding back the clock. New York, they take it coast to coast. Ellis finding so many meters of daylight. And they've been playing so well in the last couple of weeks. This side has really gelled in terms of their connection on defense, the way they assemble on the fly, and then transition. You know, you're very modest about your career, the fact that, you know, you reached the pinnacle of the game in 2011 when you were part of the New Zealand team that won the World Cup final, one of the biggest, you know, global sporting events. And after being a key figure in winning national titles in both New Zealand and in Japan, now as your second season with Rugby New York, First of all, why did you feel that you needed to come here to play this sport? Greatest city in the world. I was actually really happy to um, to finish up playing when I when I was in Japan. You know, I was mid thirties and had had a great experience. My family had 
been really supportive of me and sort of to just talk, talk to my wife and said, you know, it would have to be a really special place for, for me to go around again. And, uh, you know, when you put it out to the universe, it's amazing what comes back. I got a message about two weeks later from the head coach in New York saying, who I knew saying, hey, what are we interested in coming over and being part of this? So I had a chat with my family and we decided that we'd, um, we'd take the leap and come and do something that is really outside our comfort zone, a country where, you know, rugby isn't, isn't a massively popular sport yet, um, but a great challenge to try and help sort of grow that, that interest and, and passion um, here. So that's sort of what, what, what got me excited and, and has been driving me, you know, ever since I decided to come here. It's been, um, been really awesome. Nate Brinkley is the captain of Rugby New York and referred as the hardest working man in rugby. Why is that? Uh, you know, probably, I guess, for a couple of reasons. That's prob- probably not fair. Um, but I'm one of the few guys still stuck around from um, when this whole thing started and when guys were uh, working a couple jobs to support themselves on the side. Um, and I'm still doing that. So I got a full-time job outside this, um, one of the few guys that's doing that too. So, um, the boys, uh, you know, often will make fun of me cause I'm on my laptop between gym sessions and, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one way, I guess, to make a name for myself when I'm not that fast and, uh, you know, it works. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like playing with that guy next year and how much of a boost has it been to have this superstar being a part of rugby, New York? Yeah, oh, the super, <laughs> the superstar you say. This is great. Yeah, come on, mate. Um, so, you know, I think if there's one thing that America can produce by the truckload, it's athletes. And there's no shortage of athletes in rugby. Um, but given that the majority of U.S. rugby players start playing in high school at the earliest and often not till college, there's just a there's not as much experience um, and guys that have kind of been around the block um, and are kind of wizened heads um and so your your tom brady comparison is probably most apt in that this is you know this is somebody that has won at the highest stage and um so he just he's seen seen how it can be done and how you build success at clubs um and i think that all the all the boys that have not had experience this that he has um have really benefited from his input in those areas you've also played at the national level and continue to do with the with the u.s eagles why do you love this sport so much? Yeah, so the word culture gets thrown around a lot with rugby. Um, but I think for me is that there's a, there's a real ethos of um, kind of humility and hard work around the sport. And that it's a lot of guys that are making a lot of sacrifices to do something that they love. And especially in America with, with not that much upside. Um, you know, nobody's getting rich doing this. So it's a lot of guys that just genuinely want to compete for each other. Um, and you'll find that from the club level up to the, you know, the U.S. Eagles. Um, and so I think that it really is the best way to go about sport, in my opinion. Uh, I'm here in New Jersey and knowing that JFK Stadium in Hoboken starting this month, March, will be home games for Rugby New York of Major League Rugby. That has to be uh, exciting news for not only fans here in New Jersey, but the move to these home games, what does it mean, Andy, when it comes to dealing with all of this? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. You know, it's uh, Hoboken, not nice and close to the city. Hoboken in New Jersey has got a real kind of community feel to it. They're very supportive and, and tribal, like I, I sort of mentioned before. And JFK, um, you know, at the high school there, um, 
it's very central. It's great. It's only about three blocks from my house too. So that um, that's, that's really nice as well. But, you know, I feel like it's really connected to the city. You really feel like you're there playing for it. You know, there's a lot of bars and restaurants around. So all our games are Sunday afternoons at three o'clock. So, um, you know, we're going to have a great time, you know, people coming across or local people, you know, um, doing maybe pub crawls and coming and checking out rugby or maybe maybe families coming and having picnics and then, and then coming and checking out rugby, um, you know, some of them for the first time. I think it'll have a real um, local kind of community feel, which is I'm pretty excited about um, playing in Hoboken for. Yeah, it seems like a perfect match. And Nate, when you know that he's right there, uh, you don't have to worry if he maybe has one or two much to drink that maybe he'll be able to walk to the, the game. So you don't have to worry about that, right? Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly right. As long as you <laughs> identify our team from their team, he's good to go. Let's be clear on something here. The, the consumption of um, beverages. The pub crawls for the fans. Yeah, for the fans. And maybe... Yeah. Maybe after the game. We'll I, I, I understand that. What does it mean for you, Nate, to have these games here in Hoboken? Yeah, so it, I think rugby has a really special community, especially in America, where, again, it's kind of this um, uh, maligned or at least less appreciated sport that um, if, I, if I'm in a random restaurant or bar so anywhere in the country and I meet someone that says, I like rugby, we're instantly friends. That doesn't happen with any other sport in America. You like basketball. I like basketball. Who cares? Uh, rugby, we're going to have something to talk about. We're going to have something to share. And I think a lot of that community um, is very prevalent and important in uh, this major league rugby competition. And so the fact, as Andy said, that we can be in the middle of a community um, that you can go get a bite to eat before and you can make a new friend. Um, and at the end of the day, success looks like if you don't even watch what's on the field and you still have a great time, like that's success for us. Um, the the on-field product that we're, we're very excited about may not appeal to you, but making new friends and having a great time. Um, that's very possible in this location. I don't know why, but when I watch rugby, I, I use the phrase real men uh, because you're nuts. You're absolutely crazy for playing that sport. And I know you love it, but for those who haven't had the experience of watching what's going on and, and need somewhat of an understanding to enjoy the product on the field. Nate, what do we need? What are, what's a quick little, uh, lesson for us as we watch. Um, all right. So the easy, the easiest comparison mentally is football without pads, but it goes far beyond that. So it's similar size field, same idea of one team going one way and the other going the other. Um, and the two simple rules are you can't pass the ball forward. Um, and once you get tackled, you have to let go of the ball. And so you can think about the team running down the field, passing the ball side to side, having a run, they get tackled, they release the ball, everyone goes for it and carry on um, for 80 minutes and uh, with, with a halftime in between. And that's about it. And uh, yeah. I think we, um, we, we've, we've had a few guys that, that played American football who have come into the, the team. And I asked them that as well. I said, how do you find rugby compared to football? And they said, they love it. One was a um, defensive end and he said, now I get to still make tackles, but I also get to run with the ball and attack. I get to pass it, and if I want, I can kick it too. So they can kind of do all these things. Um, they're not just assigned to one job, really. They you kind of got all the skill set that, that everyone's allowed to catch, everyone's allowed to run, everyone's allowed to tackle, kick. It's um, it's exciting in that respect, I think, for, for the guys who have transferred over. Yeah, so the easy, the easy picture comparison is that American football, but it plays much more like ice hockey in that it's constant physicality and constant kind of change of direction. 
uh, with, with very little breaks in between. Um, and so it really is fun to watch. And you don't, you don't really need to know much of the rules to appreciate the athleticism and physicality that's going on in front of you. And that's what that line speed does. Absolutely epic piece of play. And here's Andy Ellis right there circling around the ruck. He's digging it out. And you just got to mark this guy. You got to come up and get your defense to line set. Easily beats the nine. The dummy pass from the six. Skins another defender. And that's why you got to get this ball into this man's hand. The physicality is something for sure. You mentioned the word tackle. Several years ago, I had uh, London Irish rugby club legend Bob Casey on the show. And first of all, when he walked in, he dwarfed me. And, you know, I, I'm one and a fairly large man. And I felt like I was his little grandchild or something. He was so big and to, to notice that people would have to try to actually tackle him. Uh, when it comes to this physicality, what kind of training gets involved here, Nate, that uh, that maybe we don't understand as people that are watching the sport? Yeah, so um, the, the kind of the knee-jerk reaction is that, oh, you're not wearing pads, you must get injured a lot more. Um, but the reality is, is that as soon as you take away the pads, there a huge element of self-preservation comes in. And so there's a lot of work that goes into tackling form um, to make sure that, yes, you're going to effectively bring this guy to the ground and hopefully put a little shoulder into him. But at the same time, you're not going to knock yourself out, um, you know, by going headfirst into his knees. And so there's a whole lot of um, technical elements that we train in addition to a lot of the obvious physical ones is, you know, the bigger guy is going to probably come out of a collision better. We, um, we, we, we train on a, on a dojo mat, uh, um, a wrestling, wrestling mat. So a lot of our, a lot of our contact work and our breakdown work is done on the mat. So you get it right. And then every now and again, you just run around a cone and meet each other in the middle, don't you? But at the physicality through the week would be one or two sort of 30 or 40 minute hits of, of contact physicality. And then the rest is all a kind of body in front or, or touch. Actually, two weeks ago, I ran into Nate at training and he broke my nose, splattered all over my face. So, Is that right? Yeah. So. I was just standing in place innocently and then he ran headfirst into me. So that's that self-preservation thing. He's, he's tough, mate. So he's <laughs> and one, you're still, one, you're still friends over this. I would say better friends because of it. Yep. <laughs> he helped me out. He, he helped me out afterwards. Scrum half, Andy. Scrum half. Mm. Uh, I would say that you're one tough son of a gun. I guess how we could put it there, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... I, I do have these big boys on my team as well. So um, if I ever get into in too much trouble, um, I'll often just uh, slowly step back and these these boys will step in the way. They, they've always got my back, which I quite like. Yeah, our trick is getting him out of as much trouble as he gets himself into. <laughs> Take us into one of those battles with all blacks that you think about and, and remember the most. What would that be? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, we, we yeah we could talk about that the the World Cup final in 2011. So first real opportunity for the All Blacks deep in the red zone, going to a full line out option, and the throw is good. Pops it up to Tony Bookcock. There's the first try of the final. What a move! Now it's with Andrew Ellis. There it is. 80 minutes is out. The All Blacks, most of the time, play in front of sellout crowds, um, you know, wherever we play in the world. So it was always pretty exciting. And um, 
uh, playing in front of an amazing atmosphere, you know. Um, you know, 70 or 80 or 90,000 people was always pretty exciting. Um, at home in that 2011 World Cup, um, and we hadn't, we hadn't won the World Cup uh, for, for about 20 years, I think. Um, and New Zealand's a pretty proud rugby-playing nation, you know, we'd, been, we'd gone close. So there was a lot of pressure, probably, <laughs> on that World Cup being played at home as well. So, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a close game, I think, 8-7. Uh, we won in the end, so pretty tight. Um, but just the feeling afterwards was 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 much relief more than anything else. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember initially it wasn't so much the feeling of let's celebrate. It was more like thank goodness that happened. Um, otherwise, <laughs> we would have got in a lot of trouble from our own people. And is it pretty much the same that here in the United States, if you're a part of a championship team, you're connected with that city you're connected with that town forever no matter how seasons go after that in new zealand is there anybody that won't come up to you and you know want to want to talk to you about that time um yeah i mean i think that's just the way it is in new zealand you know it's um it's almost like a religion rugby you know there's um it's well life and in a lot of respects it's part of our identity as a country too i think and we're really proud of that especially being new zealanders overseas so a great honor that i was able to represent you know um, the country and 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 that sport. So yeah, you know, of course people yeah people, people like talking about it and it's always nice to share. And yeah, you know, I like to think that that's the the other nice thing about the you know New Zealand rugby players is that uh, we're pretty relaxed and and we can all chat to each other. And um, yeah, it's just the way it is in New Zealand. So. It's pretty cool. The ball has been lost, but Ellis dived on it just in front of the Australian Radiki Samo. And so now again, they'll come to the blind side, the All Blacks. They do lead by four, by 17 points to six. And now, 11-point margin. They work it inside the 22. This is danger for Australia. The ball is waiting to be sent back away. Ellis is there, just organising others that are standing around. Williams was on in a double change as well. And here it comes for Ellis. Ellis pops it away now. On the outside, it comes to Mialamu. Mialamu will lay it out the back to Ellis again. Then it comes back to the big number 18, Williams. He's put down and will send it back again to Ellis. Ellis is looking to come blindside. The ball's there. We're speaking with Andy Ellis and Nate Brigley here on Sports Down. We're talking rugby and Major League Rugby and Rugby New York. Nate, the season is underway, so are you pleased with the way things are going? I mean, we know that here in March the games are are coming to Hoboken, but how about the season at this point? Uh, yeah, we've started off and won our first two games, so 2-0. and um, So we're about as pleased as we can be with that. Uh, we've seen some real flashes of some pretty exciting rugby, and, and so I think that we've got real high hopes for what we can build to this season. Uh, we've the two seasons that New York's been a part of, we've uh, lost in the semifinals. And so I think we've got a real eye on a championship this year, which we're hoping for. Someone's listening to this right now, and they know that they love this sport, they love the contact, but they're not quite sure how do they get to a level that you're at. Where can they go to get the training and to get the interest that they need to become a member of the Major League Rugby League? Uh, so, so club rugby has been is alive and well in America and has been around for ages. Um, and it's one of those things that if you, if you don't go looking for it, you may never notice it, but I guarantee every Saturday in your public park, there are two rugby teams playing and maybe more than that. Um, and so whatever age range you are, there's a team in your local area that you can go play with. Um, rugby is the one of, if not the most welcome sport in the world. So rock up and you'll find the appropriate level to be playing at, um, and just start climbing that ladder, uh, 
We have um, the in New York City, the New York Athletic Club, as well as Old Blue Rugby are probably the two premier men's sides right now. Um, and so if you want to get noticed, um, go go out for them this spring. Um, and we, our coaching staff is intimately connected with both those programs. Um, and you will get noticed if you're good to go. And I suppose you could just ring our CEO, Rick Salizzo, too, if you if you were a decent player and just let him know that you can your, 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 your skill sets. And um, I'm sure he'll figure out something for you. He's in the that, background there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him a shout-out, right? Got to give him a shout-out. In soccer, we have the situation where we know that Major League Soccer is not nearly at the quality of some of the European leagues. How about how does Major League Rugby compare to these European leagues and to your national teams, Andy? I was actually... I was actually surprised when I came over here. I'd been playing in Japan, and they've got a long tradition um, of rugby there, good good quality rugby. Um, and, yeah, coming here, it was, again, you've got the, the athletes here in America, you know, so you've got big bodies. They're fast and physical and strong, um, pretty good skill sets too. And there's a nice mix, I think, and I'm sure Nate would agree, is um, a nice international mix within the MLR clubs and um, – a nice sort of local American talent that's only getting stronger and stronger as, as the academies are kind of developing and we see these guys come through. So, um, yeah, it's 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 not a not at a um, the, the top clubs in Europe or or, or even back in, in New Zealand yet, but um, it's something that already in the year that I've been here, I, I feel like it's taken a big step up and 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 there's more hype around it. It's it's America too, so the world is is looking in and watching this this exciting new competition. More people are going to want to be involved. More players, hopefully locally, want to want to want to start playing at a younger age too. So it's 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 all there really. I think um, the next sort of five or ten years in particular are going to be pretty exciting. Hope we're still around, mate. It's um it's it's us. While we may not be at the quality of some of those top leagues, I'd say it's unique in the the type of rugby that gets played. Um, to Andy's point, that you have internationals like Andy that come in as kind of the playmakers pulling the strings. But then when you combine that with, um, you know, we have some ex-NFL guys playing. We have um, guys that are just, you know, pure American athlete. And so you do, once those combinations work out well, you do kind of get a, a uniquely American product of these uh, big galloping American athletes um, being kind of bossed around by some of the foreign playmakers. Um, and obviously – the, the end goal with a lot of this not is in addition to putting on entertaining rugby um, and a great fan experience is to build that American talent. And, you know, the more exposure that we can have to guys like Andy and internationals that are bringing their experience over here, um, that will just grow. Well, we know that Andy refers to his teammates as mates, right? So let's talk about mates. Is there somebody that you want to mention that's a part of rugby New York that First of all, either cracks you guys up or has been having an outstanding uh, start for the first couple of games that you want to mention. I'll I'll, I'll give a shout out um, to one of our uh, our new guys, uh, Caleb Geiger, who's uh, an ex football guy. He's been playing rugby for about two years, uh, but he's one of those football guys that puts up kind of I will I'll say terrifying numbers in the weight room um, and just kind of needed a direction and has thrown himself into it and is now um come off the bench in all our games um and is has all the potential in the world um and i think he is really kind of the model of what american rugby can be it's great yeah nice um i'll shout out to my my two um young scrum halves same position as me both in their early 20s both called connor and um they're working real hard and they're 
keeping me on my toes, which is great. And um, and they're good kids, and they and they're, they're learning quickly. So, both eligible for the American American uh, team. So, um, I'm I'm pretty excited about what their future looks like. I get the sense that that you really bond over this sport. Is that the case? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, and I think Nate sort of touched on it before. There's not many sports in the world where you, know, you could be in Japan or Spain, and and someone sitting on the train has got a pair of rugby boots and you spark up a conversation and before you know it, you, you'd be going out for dinner with them and um, and becoming lifelong friends with them. There's not many sports where that, where that can happen and rugby genuinely is one of those sports and I think that's it's so cool to be able to bring to America and hopefully encourage that sense of um, care and community and it's just, it's deep and, 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 and it flows through to the team and the boys as well. We genuinely care about each other and, and, and want to help each other because that's what's going to make the team better. And when you've got an environment like that, it's a really great place to be part of. I'd also say that it, the sport itself, there, while you, you can have superstars, there's only so much that one person can do. Um, and it's a, you know, a, a very physical yet kind of intimate sport in that everyone is kind of piling into everyone at some point. And so you really do need to have each other's backs. Um, and so with that respect, no matter who you're thrown together with on a team, you do kind of need to get along and you figure out how to do that, um, which makes for oftentimes an, an odd community, but a close knit community. Have you already established hatred for other teams? I don't know if hate, hatred is fair, but certainly rivalry, great, great deep rivalry. I mean, again, the thing with, with rugby is, you know, you're out on the field, you are, you are a warrior, um, and it's 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 on, but as soon as that final whistle blows, it's nothing better than shaking their hand and, and going. And often the two changing sheds will will come into one, and, and we we'll have a beer together and, and a good chat about the game. You know, that's just kind of how it happens with with rugby. So hatred is a strong word, but definitely um, a, a good rivalry. You know, builds up and, and and it's good competition. That's a great answer, and I think the word respect is what you're you know you're referring to. Everybody respects those who play the game of rugby at the level that both of you are playing. Uh, give us uh, the idea when's the when's the first real opportunity now that people can see you in Hoboken for a home match next Sunday, right? March six, March six, Sunday, JFK Stadium. Yep. Come and uh, are, do we have any idea how many people will be there? Was it seat 1,500, 2,000? Yeah, it's, it seats a couple of thousand. Ticket sales are going pretty well. And, um, yeah, it's great because I know that all the boys in the team are all getting out there and, you know, whether they're getting their hair cut or out for dinner or it, just talking to someone in the lift, it's like, come along and check out check out the local game and um, let us know what you think. So uh, it's great. The, all the locals are getting into it. It's very cool. You had mentioned earlier, Nate, how it has a little bit of hockey in it. And I, maybe that's one of the reasons why I like to watch the sport so much. But also, it's one of those sports like hockey, in person, you're hooked. You go to one game, you're hooked, right? 100%. And, you know, that's, that extends from on the field and off the field is um, you're just going to have a great experience in the stands. It's going to be a lot of people that are super passionate about what's going on. Um, guarantee you'll make a new friend um, and you'll find a new sport that you want to follow. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like to mention about Rugby New York? No, I can't see all the boys slowly walking into the change sheets now. They're going to come in and start making some noise, so it's probably good timing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have Nate Brinkley, the captain of Rugby New York, and the legendary Andy Ellis, 
joining us as well. He's also, you know, they're getting this opportunity to really shine right in front of you at JFK Stadium Hoboken starting March 6th. It's been a, a lot of fun to have you and congratulations on the 2-0 start and continued success this season. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Great to chat. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can check out all the podcasts by going to WBGO.org slash Sports Jam. Find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Special thanks this week going out to Sammy Steinlight for hooking us up with Andy Ellis and Nate Brakely. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.